Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hey everyone, it's Chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, and today we have alt pop rock electronic singer songwriter April Henry, and she does way more than that. Um, so I'm going to put what she gave me here. April Henry is an LA based alt pop, rock, electronic, singer, songwriter, the voice makeover coach who can free your voice and empower your energy in life. And from her website, singing in Japanese, Bulgarian, Spanish, Italian, French, German, mostly English in the woods, in the streets, in the shower, in bars, nightclubs, and theaters, trotting around the world with a big smile and very big hair. This is April Henry. Her genres are as wide-ranging as the artists who have influenced her as a songwriter and performer from Billie Holiday and Tina Turner to Cindy Lauper, David Bowie, Florence and the Machine, and Lana Del Rey to Janelle Monet. From Tender Whispers to the anthemic pouring out of a song, April is interested in the raw nerve that connects us as human beings. She moves from sultry, soulful ballads and fragile torch songs to bright and sparkly pop tunes or the driving beat of a dance remix and everything in between. Called a funny, fierce force of nature by reviewers, she explores polarity and humor. Just when you think you're, you've defined her niche, she can surprise you with something completely different, yet always April. An award-winning artist, garnering accolades in both singer and songwriter categories in the prestigious International Songwriting Competition, ISC, among others, April's talents have been recognized by industry Luminaries such as Peter Gabriel, Tom Waits, Adele, Robert Smith, and Epic Records President Amanda Ghost. In opening for artists like Michelle Branson and Gavin DeGraw, she uses her particular brand of theatrical, theatrical, my God, I can't even, theatricality, my French just gets in the way, and a high octane vocal to take audiences on an almost otherworldly roller coaster. That was a mouthful, but I chose it. And here we have April Henry. To hire someone else to say all those nice things about me and write them down. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write those things? I, you know, I, I wrote a very different version of that. And luckily I have a lot of friends in marketing because I used to work in marketing. It's the strangest thing being in an industry where you're like, you know, I know I'm supposed to toot my to my pout myself, put myself out there. Um, but it's interesting. I, I think you need friends to sometimes do that. <laughs> no, amen to that. No, I mean, that that was that was beautiful. I love your bio. I mean, I didn't even know that you could sing in all these languages. Good for you. Another world artist that I can link up with that sings, well, you sing way more languages than I get. No, no, it's not even that. It's like, I'm sure you can too. It's just something you have to actually take your time. I think singers, vocalists of all kinds, like actors do accents, you know, singers do accents as well. And so with, we 
understand placement. So it's just something you, you learn it and you adapt. It's, we're just naturally, you can learn it easily. It's just a matter of putting the effort in to change the right. shape of what it is dating, right? Hey, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm trying, yes, Lord Jesus. I think I, I definitely think I could do Italian because I can sing in Spanish. I, I can't write it, but I can sing in it and I understand it when I read it. Um, and people oh, always yeah. say, I do that because it's so, it's so close to French for me. Uh, oh, French is really difficult. Actually, that's, that's one that I have probably the hardest time with because mm. it's very nuanced. And, like, knowing the difference of how to sing versus, you know, how to speak it. I, I mean, I have not a bad French accent. So um, when I wanted to um, imitate the French accent, I have, there are many different French accents. And so right. if you come from the South. This is a bit more like this is a little deeper, you know. This is more like from Marseille, you know. This this kind of sound, right? Um, but if you if you go to more of a Parisian, it's a bit more on the lips and a little more lighter, like this. And so it's interesting. It's the same. It's very similar with the um, Irish accent versus right. the the Scottish. It's like if you're good, that's top, and the, the Scottish is a bit deeper like this, right? And so it's like, but when when you do the Irish, it's the tip of the tongue, tip of the tongue. So that all applies to how you sing something. Like there are certain cadences, right. rhythms. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy because you just got to listen and hear it and then imitate it. That's really all it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, maybe I'm going to try these other languages. But I, I would like to learn how to speak some of these languages. I like uh, the Japanese and Italian. I need to um, brush up on, add some more languages to learn on my, to add to my resume. Yeah. would be awesome. It's so great. how, yeah, so how would you, how have you been doing um, during this entire, oh, pandemic crazy time? Oh my God, it's, it's been <laughs> insane. Um, so I've been adapting redefining i've been phoenixing out in so many ways um and letting go letting go and just activating new information um so it's been kind of a mind bender it's been kind of uh, a lot of explosion to get specific um at the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2019 my life pretty much exploded and um my my best friend, almost my, my partner, uh, he, he almost died. So mm. that was before COVID oh, yeah. hit. So going, we were going through a lot of stuff and, you know, in and out, like he was hospitalized and, and doing all that. So by the time, and I had kind of been through a bit of a nervous breakdown <laughs> before oh. COVID hit. So oh, when God. COVID hit, I had already released. You know, I had I had stuff to work out still, but I kind of was in this place of peace of right. just like there is only so much I can do. There's only so much I can handle, and there's right. only I, I can't let the world and the situations that are happening around me rob me of my peace. I cannot let any of this rob me of my love and my yeah. devotion to what it is that I am meant to give as a gift on this planet, right. and that is hardest thing I think as a, a musician as a, a vocal a vocalist or a vocal teacher as an actor as a, as a creative but mm. then it was so gratifying because I saw what we were worth 
you know, yeah. that we were so many people hope and value in a time where people were losing their jobs, they were losing their, you know, their homes, they were losing their loved ones. And what do we turn to? We turn to each other. We, we turn to human understanding and, and elevation. And we got to lift our vibes. And even in the sorrowful, especially in the sorrowful times, we got to turn to laughter. Um, yep. And, and we got to turn to our grief in reality and just really sit in it sometimes. And you need that song. Pull it out of you. And that you can just dance into it. You dance your grief out. And I learned how to be so powerful this year, not, not just on my own, but with others and having, I mean, just radical yeah. compassion. Radical compassion. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 um, so I did see a lot of your posts, and I know some of the stuff that you went through and I'm hoping in, in that your partner is okay now or getting better. Because um, I, I know you get, He's about to get a transplant, a double Ooh. transplant at some point within this year, we're hoping. So that's fingers crossed. Everything fingers is. Crossed. Yeah. And so that's the thing is you just, you know, there was a point at which I lost, I, I felt like I was losing everything. And, right. but the you know, it's, it's a feeling and that at a certain point you realize there's just, you just don't have control over very much. You know, it's not like you think, I thought I had control over certain things that I had no control over. You know, you just do your best and, and you, you try to get, you investigate, you investigate as far as you can and, and you got to let, let a lot of things go. And so that's what I, that was my learning experience with all that, you know, (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. You know, the um during the pandemic, I got COVID, so, and I I'm still oh, wow. dealing with health issues because of it. And you know, there's yeah. the pandemic allowed you to have a lot of introspection and self reflection. And you know, yep. one of the things I did is I actually quit my job because um, I felt like you know. And I, I like working at my job. I, I like dealing with the people and um, that we that I worked in real estate and had to deal with a lot with the tenants and stuff like that and did compliance stuff. But um, I realized mm-hmm. I wanted to be in an environment where I'm doing something that I love. I think it's important that we do stuff uh, that we love. We surround us ourselves with the things that we love um, and that we're happy. Yeah. Happiness is the key to everything. And so, you know, after a lot of stuff, reflection, I'm like, oh, Natalie, you don't have any money. Can you do this? Um, I don't care. Natalie needs to have, I had, yeah, yeah. I had to uh, get away from the stress because the stress, a lot of stress was killing me um, with the COVID and all kinds of other stuff that I'm going through. And um, I just had to release. So, yeah, I agree with you. During the pandemic, we've learned a lot about, about ourselves. And we learned about what is important in life. Wow. So. Yeah. I'm so sorry that, that, that you're going through that. And I, I totally get it. Like that, what you're going through with it, the happiness, the currency. Of, it's so funny. I just did this um, incredible, uh, we call it the female leadership breakthrough. We did yeah. an online summit. 
And there was so much wisdom from women and just about like, you know, between grind and joy and like women, we operate off of so much. We require joy as a reward for right. going through this life. So much pain and there's so much suffering that all of us endure in each in our own way. And right. you know, we have to make it worthwhile. If it's not worthwhile, why are we doing this thing day after day, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Amen. Um, so during all of this craziness, were you able to do any type of live streaming? You know, yes. Actually, in, in while I was amidst all that insanity, going getting back to the joy, as I realized I have to sing because it's part of my mental health. It's part of who I am as a person. And anyone who knows me, if I ever stop singing, if I ever quit being an artist or a performer, it's like they wouldn't know who I am anymore. And I wouldn't know who I was anymore. So it's like, I'm not going to stop doing this just because there's limitations. I'm going to work with those limitations. So I created something called the Apocalypse Cafe and the hmm. Quarantine Cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was live streaming events with like a live band. We were all socially distanced, you know, I was sanitizing the hell out of everything, you know, and, and just doing, having my own little production team of what I was doing and um, in my, in my backyard, you know, my back courtyard. And that was, and then I did another uh, stream of a live event in uh, my friend's uh, backyard as well. She has a huge, you know, backyard. We did a drive-in uh, mm-hmm. and we did like, I, I filmed all these skits like around my neighborhood and doing comedy and and so we had people show up and buy tickets and you know it was it was really because I, I said you know I want to do a drive-in that was something I wanted to do and I had some people that I had talked to about it and things didn't work out and I said okay well I'm going to scale it down I'm just going to make it super simple and I'm going to do it one way or the other and right. so I think that's been kind of attitude with everything it's just like you know I'm going to scale if if it's make it smaller. And and that's been my success in anything is if I right. can simplify something, if I can distill it down, mm-hmm. then it's going to be more effective. You know, it's going to happen. And I love that. You know, I'm so grateful and, uh, and honored to know you. And I know I met you through Suzanne Grazana. Grazana. Oh. Oh, I can't even remember how to say her damn last name. Grazana. Um, who I'm going to see this weekend because we're both attending our friend Pitt Wakeley's concert. But um, and we had such a yeah, and we had such a good time at the Hollywood at the HMMAs. Um, oh the, my God, that was amazing! I have so many great pics of us that will blackmail you later. We had such a good time, and you know what's funny? And I'll tell you this. There, I had some, <laughs> I had some male friends that uh, saw some of those pictures and they unfriended me. This is how stupid people are. I because I don't know. They probably saw these three women together and stuff. But you know how people are stupid, but um, or ignorant. Um, and I, and and, and I, I just laugh at that stuff. I laugh at that stuff because they think that me, Natalie, who they know are, is very vocal is not going to bow down what you want me to be. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to have fun with my friends. You don't like it? You know where you can go. Wow. Yeah. That's so 
Wow. You know, I've, I've experienced a lot of that too, to be real. And I, yeah, I just find it to be like, I want to be myself. And if you don't, if you don't like my authentic self is, that's just a comment on how you feel about yourself because we're all one, you know, we're all one. And if you don't want to have ownership of that relationship, I totally respect that. But the, the, People are just so, like you said, they're just, they choose, if you want to choose ignorance about something, I respect that. I choose bliss. You choose bliss. We're going to just be like us, you know? Amen. Amen. And we had so much fun taking all of those pictures, acting crazy. I love those. I posted those pictures. I was proud of those pictures. And I'm still proud of those pictures because you know what? We were being authentic. We were being real. We were being silly. We were we were in a moment of joy. So if somebody tries to take that away from me, you know what? You're not going to be able to do it because I'm secure. Don't need that. Don't need you in my life. Um, so, yeah. So I'm honored <laughs> to have you in my life. I just want to let you know oh, that. Oh, I'm so honored here. And thank you for asking me to be here. It's just such, it's so much fun just having like real sisters. You know what I mean? Like that. I'm really building up the sisterhood because. And I've been needing that for five years already, and it's really challenging. And, and one of the things we approached a lot in the female leadership breakthrough was exactly about that and how uh, how challenging it is to have female relationships that are supportive and where people are not, um, you know, because we've been separated from each other and we've been separated from ourselves in certain um, aspects of our culture. And some people call that patriarchy or whatever you call it. But it's funny because we, as women, I believe we've also enabled certain things. And we've also, like, we, we, choose, we make these choices. So it's not like us against men. I don't, I right. don't, I don't do that thing that most, you know, dem, like extreme feminists will do. I just right. say, okay, well, this is the way I choose to express myself. This is the way. And I'm working through stuff, too. You know, right. I'm still going through general traumas you're still going through generational traumas we've got to listen we've got to find things out we've got to investigate we've got to be like Jacques Cousteau here we're not here to judge each other we're not here to like throw shade on each other we're here to figure things out you know amen amen preach Um, (laughs) now, now let's get to your music how would you describe your music so <laughs> that's a that's a very um, <laughs> I look at music. I know it's it's weird. So I'm an I consider myself alternative pop. Okay. And and the reason is because at my heart I'm a rocker. But right. when people see me, they see they see the smile. They see my you know. But they also see I'm a warrior too. And so part of me is locked into this rock as a warrior, because that's a part of my personality that, you know, a lot of people at some point will see. Um, but <laughs> um, in truth, the alternative is very much, because I think all music is alternative music at some point, it's, and it all becomes popular. Whether or not it becomes popular um, as a style is up to the, the masses or the population, right? But I think at some point, everything was niche. You know, everything was alternative music in terms of that. And then it becomes popular. So for me, there are no real genres. I mix even some, like, trip-hop or hip-hop sometimes in my music. And you'll hear it. And I right. I love good music, so I seek to create good music. 
Um, but sometimes I like electronic. Sometimes I like to do electroacoustic. Uh, right. I'm very experimental, and I love collaborating with people and creating things that have never been done before or never in that direction or, you know, you know what I mean? Just, like, experimental. I love that. And and I, I love that about you because you're the same like me because I like to do different things with my music. Like, I like to put weird stuff in it, like things that people don't even think about putting in their music. Just to be different. I think, <laughs> like, telling people, people are craving something different than the same stuff that we listen to on the radio. I mean, the stuff on the radio is obviously not bad, but it's the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. It's pay to play. Yeah. I, independent artists don't have that much money to be able to pay to play to get their music on there. But, you know, what they'll realize eventually is that people are tired of hearing about the same artists. People are craving for something different, new, and fresh. And so I'm imploring all media, radio stations, just take 15 minutes, a 30-minute show. Introduce three, yep. five artists. Just play their song once. Isn't that going to kill you? It won't hurt you. It might actually help the station. Because um, we're out here busting yep. our butts trying to do the trying to do everything on our own, trying to be seen and heard, and we're going to get there, whether they like it or not. Um, what was the moment? Ooh, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> um, what was the moment where you were like, whoa, music is my thing. I've got to do it. Uh, well, I was singing before I was talking. I was two mm-hmm. years old in the back of my parents' car, so – that just kind of started, and then I was harmonizing by the time I was five, and um, because we're a musical family, so that was always part of the deal. And I was, I my my grandfather, when I was eight years old, he wanted me to be the attorney family because none of his sons decided to be attorneys, <laughs> and uh, they all went to creative professions. And uh, and I said, yes, Pappy, I will be a singing attorney, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it became a thing where, you know, I realized being a freedom fighter, um, being an activist was always part of my my journey, too, and fighting for being the voice for people who didn't have a voice. And so that's always been a part of my performance and my singing is that I think you can reach people similarly, you know, beyond law. Um, right. You can reach people's hearts. You can reach people's minds. You can change arguments and the perspective yeah. on an argument with your music, with your uh, with your film, with your music videos. Like you can really, and you know, you do this. And so it's it's fascinating to me what you can do with edgy attainment. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, there's always a part of me that's asking questions. So I love. This this started early. There was never a point where I, I think I didn't want to be a singer. I didn't know I was one. I think I always knew. I love that. Um, what is your writing process like, and um, and how do you deal with keep saying roadblock? It's a certain type of roadblock. How do you <laughs> how do you deal with writer's block? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's it's fascinating because. Um, I think I've I've been doing this for so long. I mean, I've been writing since I writing songs since I was like 11. So right. when I used to write, you know, it would either be like I would write a full song, like pretty much like the melody and lyrics, and like within 20 minutes, 
and it would be finished and then later I would come back to it and decide, okay, what are the chords that I hear in my head? What fits with this melody, right? Right. Um, but there's also the, the George, I think it's, I think it was Irving Berlin who had a, a method that he had developed that I, I found out about later, but it's something that actually I did quite by accident. Um, when, and people do accidentally when you create a track, um, you can create a melody within a track, but you can also take that, create a different track around it, right? So you can invert that. Um, so I think really getting neuroplastic about mm-hmm. how you want to approach and just deciding, oh, if you're feeling blocked on something, flip it inside out, turn it around, and just doing something completely different um, and going a different direction will sometimes just, and, and then you come back to it, um, right. or take a break for like 20 minutes or a day or whatever it is. Like that's been, at certain times, that was my deal. But recently, um, I will sometimes implore those methods, mm-hmm. but at the same time, what I do is when I'm in the middle of something and I'm feeling something, like, and when I'm in the core of that emotion, I feel it in my gut. Right. When I'm writing, really writing something that I need to say, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what I've hooked into over the years is listening, like, feeling my gut and knowing as I'm writing what I'm writing, what is it I need to say? Not what I want to say. What do I need to say? And whatever whatever comes out, even if it's rudimentary or right. it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it can't be it can't be overly intellectual. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be in the zone of the feeling. If it goes outside the feeling, it's not powerful enough. Right. And so that's what I lock into. And anytime I stray off of that, if if I find that I'm not in the mood to write anymore, okay, I I and I can't handle the emotion or I don't want to finish that, take a break. I go drink some water, I go, like, uh, eat a little something, take a walk, uh, take a shower, and then, you know, come back to it and look at it. Look at the whole thing and see what makes what it makes me feel. And if it makes right. me feel, if it's back into that place, then I know I've written something good. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now we're going to play your, your song, Symphony of Me. Tell me what that's about. So uh, <laughs> I like when people make interpretations of, of things, for sure. So I'm not too much about what it's about, but that's a song I created um, about uh, well, probably like six years ago, and it was kind of a social commentary piece. And it's funny because it was made to be like a pop, a pop song, um, but almost social commentary on, you know, like the, the year of the selfie and all of this, like what it means to embrace who you are as a person in the public eye and are we stars in our own minds and what that mm-hmm. means and going through our culture, you know? So right. it was more, and also like self-love. So it was kind of this borderline between narcissism and self-love and that's more or less what the song is about and how we judge others. If, um, you know, for being either for being beautiful or for being silly or for being this or for being that. And yet we expect, you know, love ourselves and to not be judged and kind of what that's all about and what we are inside of our own minds as being very different from what we are outside of that 
Instagram kind of like social media world. We're so different on the outside. It's all a big show. So that was more or less what that piece was about. Awesome sauce. We're going to have a word from our sponsor and then we'll play the song. Hold on. Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. A souvenir of me is what I'd rather be, who I'd rather be for now. The shadows on the down low, I can do it somehow, knocking down your door. But someone on the boat, no way into a door, her seeing what it is for now. It's nothing to the words, what you don't know. I'd rather be, who I'd rather be for now The 
kind of groovy, jazzy. It's all yeah. kind of poppy in there. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Was- I, see, that's what I love about the song, too, is that it's like I kind of originally wrote that for a product as well uh, on sex. Okay. And I started writing it on sex, and then it just kind of grew out. We grew it out uh, with this really talented composer, um, Greg Palzak. Gregory Norman Palzak, and he works on all these huge movies and, and stuff right now, um, uh, doing soundtrack stuff, uh, creating music, composing. And um, it was such a blessing to work with him on it uh, and, and to, to co-create it with him because I, I have this, he has this knowledge of like the commercial world and, and working and, and doing that kind of thing. And I think it worked perfectly because I love mixing genres. So he knew how to make that a little more pop, a little more commercially uh, sounding and uh, commercially viable. And so I love like when hip hop and rock and, and pop and all these different things blend, because I don't think music is necessarily meant to be segregated. Like, don't like when people say, oh, you know, you, you're, you know, you have to be this because you are, you, you kind of give this energy or this vibe. It's like when I look at David Bowie, you know, mm-hmm. he was on train, you know, and like, it's like, you don't, the blessed divisions we have, the more music I think should remind us of how connected we are to each other and how we should cross pollinate. We should just be with each other, you know? Amen. Amen, sister. Um, what do you enjoy most about being an artist? Mm, the freedom. Freedom. <laughs> the freedom. Yes, I yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, let me, give, I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate that in a very quick sentence. So okay. during this pandemic, I had the freedom to create, whereas right. I felt a, a lot of friends that I have there in different industries, they felt a little bit more trapped or like they were right, right, able to create. And I felt like, well, I'm a creative person, and that gives me just this currency of I can create out of limitation. And so right. I think we're all cre- all have that capacity, um, but I think artists are just professionally attuned to that. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's true. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I love the way that music makes other people feel like when you're performing and it makes a difference in somebody else's life, that is just mm-hmm. like the best thing ever. Because for me, sometimes yeah. I, on a daily basis, I'm like, nope, don't want to do this music thing. And then something will happen with somebody send me an email or write to me or whatever and say or call me and say you know this really touched me i keep doing your thing and i'm like okay universe you're telling me to continue mm-hmm. this thing um, at least it needs some money to continue this thing but um <laughs> i'm on the right so i continue with it always it always happens like that every time i'm just like ah, that's it. i'm done i can't deal with these people anymore um but you know yep. music has been my saving grace so i'm very um I'm very thankful. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Hmm, I think that I think I was caught up in being too independent in the beginning. And I 
I wanted something for my own because I saw what happened with my parents and that they were, you know, physicians working right. together and they ended up in divorce. And I saw, I saw a lot in the industry of how my, my parents became, you know, one man bands, but they were actually aspiring songwriters and they were going back and forth to Nashville. They almost signed a deal with Marty Robbins label and my, they were, you know, they performed uh, gospel and country music and the Grand Ole Opry, and, like, they, they did. My dad was conducting the orchestra. My mom sang opening for, like, Sandy Patty. And, you know, like, I, I remember being in the wings, watching my parents at the Grand Ole Opry, and or the Grand Ole Gospel, because they were singing gospel. And, and, and I remembered it was so beautiful and it was so joyful watching my parents live their dreams, you know. But then, you know, my mom felt like she didn't really, I think, get what she wanted out of the situation when my dad decided not to. My dad said, we, we can't sign this contract with Marty Robbins' label because if, if, it doesn't, if our songs don't make any money, they could, they could take our home, you know? Right. And so it, I had this, and then they became, you know, um, one-man bands and doing, you know, like weddings, bar mitzvahs, you know, and then that sort of thing. And that wasn't bad. That wasn't a bad thing. But I think I always had this trepidation, and, and I still have it to say I don't really want to. And we're living in a time where I think my parents would have really flourished, you know, because they, you know, my dad always had that, like, independent, you know, kind of mindset, but there were no really avenues what he decided to do, you know, but he had a family and that was important to him. And so I think the part of me that locked into my mom was that she really wanted to take that shot. She wanted to take that chance and, and go bold. And I think part of me is kind of lodged in between those two things at times. And I think being, I was independent in some ways that I maybe should have been a little more cooperative and right. I was cooperative in some ways that I probably should have been a little more independent. So mm. I think just have of that industry, but you know, you can't, you can't go back and say, Oh, I wish I would have done something differently because music has been crazy for a while. Yeah. Amen. We're all learning, you know? Yeah. We're constantly learning on a daily basis. I mean, you know, music has changed all over the years, obviously. Now we have to be on all these damn platforms, you know, whether it's, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, this, that, blah, blah, blah. There's not, there's not enough time in the day. I was watching, I did this conference on TikTok, and they said, oh, you should do five videos a day. Who the hell has that much time? I don't. It takes me at least three, two months, three months. I'm like, okay, let me do something on TikTok. Now, I do put some of these, um, when I do an IG Live, I put those on TikTok to promote the other people, blah, 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 and stuff like that for Sisters of Music, but um, people need to understand, and I say this every single time, this business is mm-hmm. a hard business, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Just anybody that's trying to get into it, it's a lot of work. Let's be mindful of that. It's not like you're going to write a song one day and you're just going to be this major star. It doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't. Um, no, no, that does happen. It's like, yeah, there's so many things that go into that. And yeah. 
and it's a lot of work. It is really a lot of work. It's not, it's not very glamorous. We have glamorous moments, which is why sometimes it's really, it, don't you find it um, interesting and disappointing when, you know, your friends, like, they just don't really take as much joy in it sometimes as you, and, and I think that's something that I had to learn, too, is just that, you know what, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this. For, I'm doing this because this is what I was born to do. And for my, my actual fans that are out there, I'm not doing this for my friends. I'm not doing this, you know, for – I'm doing this for myself and for those who connect with my messaging and for right. those who connect with what I'm going to – and I'm about to do something really bold. I'm about to do some really big stuff. I'm working now with a, you know, a Grammy-nominated producer, and he's amazing, and he does other things in tech and um, – and, and, you know, it's, but it's not like it's big and like that way. You know what I mean? It's small, really. It's like, it's not about the PR. It's not about the Grammy nominations. It's not about all this stuff. It's working with people who, who get what you want to do. They can help you create what you want to create and, and reach to the audience that will understand you and will vibe to you. And that's ultimately what it's all about. Preach. Preach it. That is what it is. Ultimately, ultimately, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> tell us about the voice makeover coaching that you do. So I, um, I had people come up to me as a singer and ask me who were non-singers, right, to teach them to teach them if I could teach them to sing, and I said, yeah. And it's funny because. Ever since I was little, people have always come just up to me and said, you know, gosh, I wish I could sing like that. And I said, well, you can sing. You can learn, you know. And I always innately knew that because right. I'm always changing my voice and shifting my voice. And as a voiceover artist who, you know, and an actor, I was, <laughs> I was actually quiet. I was a, a child <laughs> who had um, kind of, overconfidence and then underconfidence. I had some battles with that and in anxiety, depression. So, you know, I understood what it was like to be a wallflower and I was a wallflower. I didn't, people actually thought they would come up to me and they were, um, you know, after I would sing, but they often thought I was a snob or, or something like that in high school because I didn't talk to anybody. And, and I, I kind of stood, stood in what I was trying to be confident but the truth was I wasn't a snob and I, and they would talk to me and I would just be open like a book and they would say, Oh my God, I thought you were a snob. And, <laughs> and, I, and I would say, Oh, why would you think that? Cause you would just look so confident, you know, and I realized, you know, everybody has a voice that needs to come out and they don't know how to do it. And so over the years I learned how to be friendly and how to make friends. And because I was this traumatized child, I didn't really know how to do it. And so I learned how to acquire confidence. I learned how to acquire having confidence in how I speak and what I say. And it's, it's sometimes still a challenge at times. I, I had painful stage fright, but now I, I don't anymore. And I could just get up on a stage and do something and just, you know, do it. And it took a lot of practice doing that. And so I really took joy when people would come to me and say, could you teach me that? I get really excited. And I'll say, yes, 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 I can teach you how to do that because I did it for me, you know? Right, right. No, I get, I get that. Um, I used to, you know, before I got into the industry, I was just like, oh, my God, how am I going to get in on stage in front of people? Because people are just, they don't believe me, but I was an extreme introvert. I was extremely shy growing up. 
And, you know, at one point, I just said, screw it. I'm going to have fun on this stage. I'm going to give them all the love that I have. They're going to have a good time. And that's all that I can do. And once I changed that mindset, it was just like, oh, I'm ready to dance. I'm ready to groove. I'm ready to sing. And it's because I actually love, love the, the aspect of performing like that. Yeah. So. And, and what's, what's fascinating about that is that, and, and that's where I like to really create this, in terms of the, the voice makeover, I like mm-hmm. to tell people, okay, when you're with me, when you're in a class, you're not performing. You're learning, right. okay? Right. So the thing, you know, and that's really important to remember because um, uh, people need to deal with their inner critic, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the inner voice uh, training that I work on. I also call myself a creativity coach or a lifestyle coach for that reason because I often work with people in mindset. I've done so much personal growth over the years that it's like I know I know I'm a coach. You know, I've always been a coach. Right. It's just something that came to me. So it's something that comes out when I'm teaching people and how to become more neuroplastic. So when I'm talking to their critic, right. you know, that's the first voice that I'm actually working on because once you learn how to talk to yourself and how to learn better, Suddenly, you start going exponentially, and you realize the like so many possibilities that your voice has. Even the way I'm speaking right now, if I if I wanted to slow down and draw you in and allow you to embrace the vibration of what's about to go down, right? Right. I would just slow it way down because then you go into receptive learning, right? I'm not like shouting, I'm inviting them in, right? And there's all these different things that we can be aware of both as a singer um, and as a, as a performer. But we're all, when we're in front of people, there's an aspect of performing, but there are some people who have different styles. And right. learning feels authentic to you is just as important. Like you don't, that doesn't, you're not, Natalie Eugene is not going to be the same as April Henry. We, we're going right. to be two different people. So learning what works for you is where one-on-one coaching really helps. Whereas you could go to a seminar, you could go to a, do a, you know, a, there's plenty of vocal coachings that you can get, you know, for stipend, on, you know, online, you could pay for that, but they're not going to tell you about you. And they're not going to no. tell you about what is authentic to you. And that's why it's really important to have, um, at least for four coachings, I always tell my, my students, I'm like, look, if you want to commit to a workshop with me, I do one-on-one because I want you to connect with your inner voice, your inner critic, and I want you then to learn, and then they start learning exponentially and having that confidence. Once you have that confidence, you start to speak differently. Sometimes it happens in one lesson. And so that, that's what I love. I love watching people phoenix out and transform, embracing who they are, you know? Right. No, I get that. And I, I, I love that. So I love people discovering and enjoying anything that they do. It's an amazing thing to see. And you, you, you can get off of that vibration, too. Um, what is one quote or message that you live by? Hmm. Hmm. Well, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's the good old Winston Churchill. Um, and then the other is, God, there are so many good ones, and I've just been on them lately. Um, 
oh, God, this quote is really good. So those who are different change Mm -hmm. the world. Those who are the same keep it that way. Oh, that's perfect. And what I love about that quote is it's non-demeaning to either side. It Mm -hmm. means that there's for conservative thinking, there's a place for liberal thinking. There is a place for all kinds of thinking and ways and behavior patterns. You know, it's just where does that belong? Okay, there's there's offensive aspects of that that we, you know, shouldn't delve into, but right. those shouldn't exist. Those are what we're working on, but in the positive, when we're focusing on the positive, there are things that should remain the same, right? Mm-hmm. And there are things that should be changed, right? Right. right. So it's not... It's not judgmental. It's just that is what it is. We have to appreciate that that we need roots and that we also need branches and trunk. Ah, uh, great, wonderful, wonderful. Oh my God, April, it was so good. great chatting with you. I miss you. You were so, you're in that hair. Oh. I, we we didn't talk about your hair, but um, that hair is amazing, people. If you ever meet April Henry, her hair her hair is her. She's just she's beautiful. This is a very Aww. beautiful, beautiful. Your beauty is beyond beauty. It's just, an, oh, oh my God. Your beauty plus your I personality can, and your free spirit, you are just a beautiful, empowered goddess <laughs> to me. Oh, thank you, my beautiful goddess, Natalie Jean. Uh-uh. <laughs> you strengthen <laughs> all yeah. of your goddess. Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I, and when I see Suzanne, I'm gonna say, you know what? I gotta thank you once again for, you know, allowing me to be in the presence of April Henry because you you are just, oh. you're just amazing. I'm gonna tell her I am. Oh. Don't worry. I'm gonna oh. tell her. <laughs> thank you, Natalie Jean. I'm in your presence, and I oh, you girl, you've been on billboards. You're killing it. You're killing it in all your awards. You're doing amazing things, and I'm so honored to know you. And I can't wait to do more good things, amazing things with you, to support you when you do them on your own. And sure. thank you, for my my goddess sister, sister goddess. <laughs> oh, thank you. All righty. Well, everyone, that was, oh, my God, the amazingly talented April Henry. She's awesome. you got to find her. Google her. Just Google her. You'll find her, and you'll love her. You'll love everything. At, like, I'm pretty much everywhere ubiquitously at April Henry Music. So There you go. She just said it. And that was April Henry. <laughs> I hope you, go, you just go to her website. Just find her. You'll see the hair. You'll see the beauty. You'll see everything that she does. She's just an amazing spirit. And until next time on Chatting with Natch. with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard.